All right, good morning again. Glad to be here with you all this morning. I am still, I'm not 30 yet, um, but we had a lock-in Friday night, Saturday, and my body's feeling it. So I can't, like this hurts, like moving my arms too high hurts, but we had a great time. We had a, we had a good group come out, Holly Hill, uh, the youth group joined us as well, so we had a really fun time sharing together. Just playing fun games, being together in person is just a lot of fun. So thankful for that, but uh, I, I'm better. I'm, I, I am totally, sl- I'm good on sleep. Uh, but, uh, you know, we had a great time. So I just want to let you, I forgot to mention that this morning, uh, that we got to have a really, really great time this weekend. And I hope to continue just to partner together with different churches in that way as well. Uh, so today we are finishing our sermon series on kind of our vision for the church here in Melbourne, uh, Florida. Uh, again, like I've said every single week, this is not anybody's, like, in, like a person, individual's vision for Melbourne Church of Christ. This is the leadership, what we want to do, what we want to be known as here in Melbourne. And the last stop along the way is sharing the gospel. But before I get to that, I want to talk about one of my favorite places, I guess, in the world. And it's Wawa. You guys know Wawa? Okay. It's Wawa. And... I understand it's not gourmet food. I understand that, you know, it's not the best thing in the world, but to me it's pretty awesome, okay? I can go there, I can get gas, and then I can also get a sandwich, right? It's a good thing. I I love so many things about Wawa, okay? And if Alex was here, uh, he always gives me a hard time. We're on youth trips because i got to find a Wawa. I order ahead. I I have coffee ready for me. And it's not the best coffee in the world, but it's cheap, right? Right? It, 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 it'll, it'll do what it needs to do for me. It'll make sure that I don't fall asleep. My kids know when we go to Orlando that we're going to stop at Wawa on the way back. We were somewhere, we were at a restaurant. I, I don't remember where we were. But Jay looks at me and he goes, are we going to Wawa? Because I'm really craving a hoagie. I was like, bro, are you, are, is this a commercial? You know, are, are you being filmed right now and I don't know it? Uh, it, was, it, was, it was perfect. Uh, but I love Wawa, and I just love so many things about Wawa, and I could spend, uh, spend five more minutes, ten more minutes talking about the virtues of Wawa, but I won't, okay? We're going to talk about Wawa later. But before we get to that, let's actually read the Bible together, okay? So if you have your Bible, oh yeah, this is a graphic that I should have showed you before, talking about our aims as the Melbourne Church of Christ, okay? And we are finishing uh, this sermon series with sharing the gospel under the section of what we do together, and we're going to talk about that a little bit more here in a minute. But like I said, open up your Bibles to Mark, excuse me, Acts. Oh my goodness, guys. <laughs> I am tired, I guess. I'm not, I'm not here yet, okay? I am not here yet. We are going to be in Acts chapter 8, so go ahead and turn your Bibles open to that, and we're going to get there in a second. Okay, so sharing the gospel. We are told from a very young age that this is the very, very most important thing to do as believers in Jesus Christ, right? We're supposed to go to our friends. We're supposed to go to our families. We're supposed to invite people to church so that we can share the gospel with them, okay? But this morning, I want to take a very different look at it. Not a very different look at it, but a more exact look, a more precise look at what it means to share the gospel. Okay, and we've talked about this before up here this morning. And I'm going to read from Matthew chapter 28. You guys all know this verse, okay? 19 and 20. Let's read it together. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. 
And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This is a very familiar section of Scripture, right? I always imagine this. I imagine the disciples being there as Jesus is ascending to heaven, and they're getting this last thing. We call it the Great Commission, right? This is the thing that Jesus wants to hand them so that they can hand to others, right? And we've talked about this before, but I think a better way to look at the Great Commission, instead of saying, therefore, go and make disciples, as if this is a one-time thing, right? Go to a mission trip. Go to a service project. Go to a Bible study. I think a better way to look at this is as you go, right? We've talked about this before on Sunday morning, but to refresh our minds, I like to imagine the Great Commission as not a one-and-done or a one-and-done multiple different times thing or things. as a continual action. And this morning, As we look at sharing the gospel, I think we all need to be on the same page. Is as we go, we make disciples. As we go, we're baptizing the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. As we go, we're teaching to obey. As we go, as we go, a continual action this morning. Very important. And I think in order for us to really share the gospel, I think we need to underscore this because it's about a journey, Right? It's about a journey. It's about a process. It's not about a one-and-done situation, especially when it comes to sharing our faith. So now, let's read from Acts chapter 8. Okay. Acts 8, 26 and following. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. He started out, and on his way, he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury, of the Kandake, which means the queen of Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship. And on his way home, he was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The spirit told Philip, go to that church and stay near it. Excuse me, go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran to the chariot and heard the man reading reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you're reading? Philip asked. How can I? He said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. This is the passage of scripture the eunuch was reading. He was led to a sheep to the slaughter, led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shearer is silent. So he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Then... Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, look, here is water. What can stand in the way of my being baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the spirit led the Lord. The spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away and the eunuch did not see him again. But when he went on his way rejoicing, Philip, however, appeared at Azotus and traveled about preaching the gospel in all the towns until he reached Caesarea. This, to me, is the realization of the Great Commission. Right? And we can say that it's very easy. We can see that that Philip is doing exactly what Jesus calls us to do, right? As he goes, he's making disciples. As he goes, he's baptizing believers, And it's important to recognize that Philip is simply a vessel of God's grace, right? Do we see that? He's ready to do God's work. He starts 
literally with just a location to go to. If he had a phone, he could put in his Google Maps. This is what it would say. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. That is all Philip began with, a destination in mind, right? This is not just a destination, though. We recognize along the way the journey is not about the destination, but the journey is about the journey, right? It's not about where he's going. It's about what he's going to do along the way. And this is very scary because... We see how it unfolds, but for us, it's very difficult to just have a destination and not know what's going to happen next. Anybody like that? For, for us now, we can even have Google Maps open and type it in, and we can know where traffic is happening, right? We like to know what's along the way. Even if I'm just driving to Vieira, I put in Google Maps so I know if there's an accident on 95. You've got to do that sometimes. Our minds are wired to worry about the journey. Right? And I think about this even in this context of school. Right? We have students who go to school and they have to learn certain things so they can pass a certain test. and That's going to tell everybody that they're smart. Right? And then they have to have good grades so that they can go to a different school so that a bunch of other people can tell them that they're smart. Right? You, see, you see where I'm going like this. The, it's not about the journey, it's about the destination. We go to school or we go to a tech program or we do all this job training so that later we can have all the things that we need to be complete in life. That's unfortunate because that's not how life works, right? You, you must see that I'm you know, saying this kind of tongue-in-cheek here. A lot of times along the journey, things change. But we have in our minds that the destination is about everything, right? The destination is the most important thing. But as we read Acts chapter 8, we recognize that it's not just about the destination. It's about the journey that takes us there, okay? And I have two pictures here, okay? I want you to observe and remember, okay? Here's one picture, and here's the second picture. I hope you can see that, okay? These pictures are same. They have some, they have some similarities, right? If I had to ask you which path you would want to walk along, which would you prefer? Don't answer this. Just think about it in your mind. Which would you prefer? Okay, with this first picture here, I like it because it's very clear. There's hedges along the side, and it looks like maybe this is a wedding venue. And you see at the very end, there's the arches there, and you know exactly what's going to happen at the end of this path. Maybe even imagine yourself as a, as, a, this, as a groom or a bride in this situation, right? You're going and you see the destination. You're excited. And it's very clear. The second one's also a path. And maybe you're an adventure person. I, and personally, I love to go on hikes and stuff. But think about this as the metaphor that we're talking about this morning. This path is a path, right? We see that there's dirt there and there's grass but as you enter that wood, it gets a little bit dicey. The path, I'm sure, continues, but I guarantee that there's a whole bunch of other paths, right, in the forest. There might be man-made paths like this one. There might be game paths, right, where, where deer or wild animals are walking. And along these paths, sometimes it's really easy to get lost because you think you're on the path that you started on, but it ends up that you've gone off the beaten path and gone on a different path. So with this metaphor that we're talking about this morning, different paths that we're taking, I see this as the destination mindset. We are going from point A to point B, and we know exactly how we're going to get there. And this is Philip's path, right? 
God says to Philip, the angel of the Lord says to Philip, you're going to go to this place and then you're going to get there, but along the way, things are going to happen to you. And honestly, unfortunately at times, this is the path that we end up walking on when we choose to be disciples of Christ. We know that there's a path. We know that along the way that God's going to be with us, but sometimes we enter situations and we don't know where we're going to go. And that is why it's so scary to share the gospel. And maybe it's just for me. But I would love it if whenever I shared the gospel, I knew exactly what was going to happen. I wish that I knew exactly what the conversation was going to be like. I knew exactly what was going to happen at the end of it. And we could go about our way sharing the gospel that way. But unfortunately, that's not how things often work. And unfortunately, sometimes we walk into the forest. And it's not dark. It's not like we are absent from God. But we are simply unsure of what exactly is going to take place next. Philip shows us how to step into this trail. He's very, very clear to us. It's unknown that this opportunity that we have before us is an opportunity. This great commission mentality that we talked about, as you go making disciples, is very important as you step onto this path. You can't expect the destination to be clear, okay? Philip becomes aware of a situation, and the Spirit moves. And look here at Acts chapter 8, verse 26. The Spirit told Philip, Go to that chariot and stay near it. Okay? Go to that chariot and stay near it. From here, he seizes the opportunity and he asks a question. Okay? Then Philip ran to the chariot and heard the man reading, the, reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you were reading? Philip asked. Up to this point, Philip was led by obedience. He was led by this destination given to him by the angel of the Lord, and he continues realizing that this is part of the journey. But how does he do it? How does he realize, how does he go along this path? Is he armed with all the answers? Does he have all the perfect doctrine to say to this man that he meets in the chariot? Does he have just the right traditional things to say to this person? Let's all shake our heads like this. No. Because Philip is comfortable stepping onto this path that he doesn't really know what's going to happen, Philip begins this sharing the gospel moment with a question. With a question. He starts the conversation with a question. He's entering this dark path here. He's entering the unknown. Because what could happen when he asks this question? Think about that for a second. Don't answer out loud, but think about it for a second. What could have happened? What if the Ethiopian was mad? You know, as, as, as Christians, sometimes we're like, oh, I don't want to interject myself because they might think that I know it all. They might get mad at me for bringing up questions of faith. What if the Ethiopian got really sad and, and you know, does, does this guy, Philip, think I'm stupid? Why would he ask me a question like that? Does he really think I don't understand what Isaiah is saying? We can spin all these webs as to what could possibly happen in this situation and in the situations that we face in our, in, our daily li- in our daily lives when we try to share the gospel. But guess what? We don't know what's going to happen. We have no idea what our questions, we have no idea what just sharing the gospel will do for that person. And as we read here in Acts chapter 8, the Spirit can do incredible things, Right? We should probably amen to that. The Spirit can do incredible things. Philip made himself available, and they entered the path together. 
Do you see the importance of that? They entered the path together. They entered into a conversation. He didn't start lecturing. He didn't tell them the rights and the wrongs and just tell them, expect him to receive that word. They entered this path together and journey through the gospel together. The Ethiopian was convicted and he needed to enter the community in baptism. He needed to. It wasn't the sense of Philip said, now is the proper time where if you're ready to accept Christ that you could possibly do this. No, the Ethiopian says, I am convicted by the Spirit and I see this water over here and I have to do this. That is not Philip's words. That is not even the the situation that's taking place. That is the Spirit convicting this Ethiopian eunuch to respond to the salvation of Jesus Christ. And that is powerful. That is what sharing the gospel looks like. And it's beautiful. And we could continue to parse Philip's technique. I'm not trying to under, you know, diminish what Philip did at all. But this story is not about Philip. It's not really even about the Ethiopian. It's about the spirit. It's about the spirit working through people. And Philip seems to be a good example here for us. And I'm, again, not trying to undersell his technique but I'm just trying to highlight what Acts highlights. Let's look together at 839. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away. And the eunuch didn't see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Think about how crazy that would be. Right? I've baptized several people. And I always tell them, hey, I'm probably going to hug you after this. You know, we're going to embrace. We might say a prayer together. But Philip doesn't even get that. He doesn't get the opportunity to have his post-baptism hug, right? He doesn't get to have that, like, let's celebrate together, man. Where do you want to go get some food after this? Like, there's a Mexican restaurant around here somewhere? Like, he doesn't get that opportunity. But I think what Acts is trying to show us is that it's not about Philip. And in that moment, the eunuch is left standing there alone in that water. But not, he's not alone, right? He's filled with the Spirit. And it's because Philip decided, I'm going to be a vessel for God. I'm going to step into this dark path where I have a destination in mind, but I don't know how I'm going to get there, but I know that God is with me. And I'm going to share the gospel as I go. And we might not know how to do this. And even as I say this, I'm sure some of you are like, well, that's just not for me. It's not for me to share the gospel. But if you call yourself a disciple of Christ, I think that we have to take that Matthew 28 verse really seriously, right? If we're going to call ourselves disciples, we have to share Christ as we go. So I don't want to leave you without the how-to, okay? And this is something that I think our leadership has been very, very explicit about, is saying, this is what we do. We're striving to imitate Jesus, to serve others, and share the gospel like we talked about this morning. But how do we do it? The first thing is to obviously follow the Spirit's direction. Philip is not a superhuman. He is not a gospel machine, right? He's just willing to walk the dark path of unknown. He's willing to step out and take a risk and ask a question and begin a conversation. So many of us live such insular lives where we don't want to invite the Spirit into our walk and we don't want to invite the Spirit along the way because that that becomes complicated, right? You start thinking, well, now if I have a Bible study with this person, I I gotta text them or I gotta call them. I gotta have another Bible study. I got to check up on this person. And 
That sounds difficult. But I think if we take this seriously, if we follow the Spirit's direction, more doors are going to open for us, and we're going to see how the Spirit can use us in our particular situation to do radical things. And this is my challenge for you, okay? If you have a phone, I want you to get it out real quick, okay? I'm asking you to sin right now, I guess. I don't know. Get your phone out. I want us this week, and I pray this prayer at least, at least once a week on Tuesdays. I've, I've shared this with you. I want you guys to, if you want to take a photo of this, I'm, I'm going to be in your picture or whatever, but uh, <laughs> take a picture of this prayer. And I want us to pray this prayer this week. Or if you want to text it down and, and send it to somebody, whatever it is. But be, be very, very, yeah, okay, you're getting pictures, okay. This is the prayer. God, put somebody in my path today that needs to hear about you and experience your love. Let's read that together as a church. God, please put somebody in my path today that needs to hear about you or experience your love. This is a really, really scary prayer because the more that you pray it, the more you're going to see those people. Because now, if you're going about your life and you're not praying this prayer, you might just encounter people and just not think much of it. But if you're starting your morning out and praying this prayer... God's going to be tapping your shoulder all day long. I promise you. And I think when we pray this prayer, we're more willing to be open to those experiences. We're more willing, we're more available and aware of what God is doing along the path. Right? You might have a destination in mind. You might just be driving to work. You might be just going to Wawa. Uh, And along the way, you meet somebody and you say, you know what? I think the Spirit might be leading me to talk to this person. And I, and I want to be clear, this isn't just about sitting down and, and having a Bible study with, a, with anybody that you come along the way, but it's about sharing God's love with the people along the way. It's not about just saying, oh, for the next six weeks, we're going to go through the book of John or whatever it might be. It's not so much about that, but it's about being a peaceful presence and sharing the gospel through any way that we possibly can, because this world desperately needs it. And I think we need to follow the Spirit's lead as we do this, because alone, we're just vessels, Right? Alone, Philip is just going to where he's told to go. But he decides that he's a vessel, and along the way, he's going to listen diligently to what the Spirit is calling him to do. So follow the Spirit's lead. The second, again, love others. It's hard to share the gospel with people if you don't love other people. We talked last week about Jesus washing the disciples' feet. And we talked about how crazy that is, how upside down that is, that the king of kings literally takes off his clothes to wash the feet of disciples who just don't get it. And not only that, to wash the feet of one of his disciples who's about to betray him. That's love. And that's serving others. And I think in order for us to share the gospel, we need to recognize that, you know what? I need to share this love with somebody else. I can't just keep this to myself. I can't just say this is my faith in my, you know, my walk. I'm not going to share it with anybody else. If that's your perspective, you're not truly hearing what Jesus is calling you to do. To share the gospel is to love others. And this isn't just another requirement, right? Excuse me. If we aren't loving, we are aimlessly being those people on the side of the road that hold signs for businesses. You guys seen these people? 
They're like, like free cell phones or whatever. Like, you know, there, there's businesses that do that. They're like this, the, that, that mattress store that's been closing for two years, you know? They'll, have, they'll hire people to hold signs, right? And that's great. I love when people can be employed. I love it. But a lot of times, they're just like standing there and they'll just be on their phone. I like the guys that are like flipping the sign and just doing all this cool stuff. But there'll be people who are just like on their phone listening to music. And that's fine. If you're getting paid to do that, by all means, do that. Okay. But if we are disciples and we're saying that Christ has radically changed our lives and we're not the guy flipping the sign saying, hey, you need to go check out the store because it has all the cool things that you need in your life. If we're not doing that as we share the gospel, then we haven't been changed by the gospel. We're just standing there holding the sign with the phone. We show up on Sunday morning and we go have lunch and then we don't come back until next Sunday and we don't think about it till then. We can't do that. That's not loving other people and that's not what God has called us to do. And the third thing is to witness to God's grace and mercy. So I talked about Wawa earlier. The virtues of Wawa. Right now I could order on Wawa right now and have lunch ready for me. I wouldn't have to set foot in the store. It's so great, it's so great, it's so awesome. And I bring that up to kind of call myself out because I've probably gotten more people interested in Wawa over the past three years than I have about coming and being a part of this church community. I'm calling myself out here. And we talked this morning in the teen class about all the things that we're so interested in. I'm wearing a magic polo right now. I have magic socks on right now. See? Um, my Instagram is usually about the magic. I could tell you a whole lot about it. I love and I, I love the magic. And we talked about different things like the books that we love or the TV series that we love. And we could tell you about the main characters, you know, second aunt, twice removed cat, you know, the, all the different things, all the different nuances of our favorite books and our favorite TV series and all those things. And we get super excited when we find somebody to tell that about. But we don't bring that same energy when it comes to sharing the gospel. And I know this is such an I, I hesitated to bring this up because this is such an old thing that everybody does at Teen Week, right, at, at camp. It's like, if you love Jesus as much as you love whatever, then the world would look a lot different. But it's truth. It is true. That we don't bring that same energy to sharing the gospel that we do sharing the things that we love to do throughout our lives. And I'm not saying those things are bad. I will, I will never stop being a fan of the Orlando Magic until the, the team gets, you know, sold, right? Uh, that's going to be important to me. But I need to bring that same energy when it comes to sharing the gospel. And when it comes to witnessing to God's grace and mercy, it's about recognizing how God has impacted your life personally. It's about telling the stories and, and, and talking about the things that you've studied because God has, has done an incredible work in you as a person. It's not just about sharing Bible stories and telling them the rights and the wrongs. It's about saying, this is what Jesus has done for me, and he can do it for you too. And I guarantee that Philip's conversation looked a lot like that. Because Philip got to walk along the road with Jesus. Right? And you read all through at the beginning of Acts, when they're talking at Pentecost, and I'm getting goosebumps thinking about just the energy that Peter has in that moment. All those crazy things that he says at times to these people. And thousands and thousands of people become baptized, not because Peter's a great speaker, 
not because he has a cool little joke to tell or a cool illustration. It's because he experienced life with Jesus and his life could never be the same. And he says the same thing can happen for you. That's what it means to witness to God's grace and mercy as we share the gospel. It's not just about memory verses. It's about how Christ has affected your life in a very personal way. And so while, you know, I'm calling myself out here in, in recognizing that sometimes I don't bring that same energy. Sometimes it's uncomfortable. Sometimes I don't really know how to talk to a certain person. But I want to encourage you to be like Philip. To look at that path and say, you know what, I have a destination in mind. But along the way, there might be different paths. And that's okay. And along the way, I might really mess up. That's okay. Along the way, someone might ask you a question that you don't know the answer to. Guess what your response should be? I don't know. Let's figure it out together. Let's journey together as we figure out what it means to be a Christian in our lives today. Together. Let's pray. God, I thank you for this time, and I thank you for giving us uh, the example of Philip. And, and as I say that, I recognize that Philip is just a man. Philip is just a person. But what's really cool about Philip is that he allowed himself to be a vessel of your spirit. To share the gospel with someone who didn't know where to go. God, that you gave him a destination, but he was willing to do whatever because he was truly affected by the Spirit. He was ready to share. God, thank you for that example. Because we recognize that as we read that, we can be the same way. Along the way, as we go, we share the gospel. And I pray that as a church community, we cannot be scared by that. Help us to not be afraid of what could possibly happen and be excited about what can happen if we trust the Spirit in our lives. God, thank you for this morning. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. At this time, we, we offer, if you have any needs or need of encouragement or prayer requests, or if you have a praise report, we invite you to share this morning. You, know, you can come forward. You can find someone you want to talk to. But if you have something you need to say today, please make sure it's known to somebody you know and trust. Won't you come while we stand and sing?